Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left. Joining me tonight uh, are two returning guests, Umara Naz. Uh, welcome back, Umara. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Yourself, Neil? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, I should mention that I'm your host, Neil Patterson. You may have heard me on the first podcast too. The second returning guest is, is Carly. How are you doing, Carly? Hi, Neil. I'm doing good, thank you. And making his first appearance on the Copcast podcast tonight is uh, John Henderson. So how are you doing, John? I'm good. I'm good, Neil. How are you? You all right? Yeah, not doing too badly. Thanks very much. We've got a lot to, a lot to chew over here. So on this third episode, we're, uh, we're going to start off by having a wee look at one of the big new signings of the summer, one of the most recent signings, probably the most recent, uh, a large, large enough chunk spent on him, 25 million, and he is of course uh, Newcastle United, former Newcastle United player, uh, Dutch international, Jorginho or Genie Wijnaldum. This one kind of didn't really come out well. Came out of, of left field in the sense that the news broke very late about about Wijnaldum, and within a couple of days of the the news breaking, we. We had the deal wrapped up. First news we kind of heard that was we were preparing a 25 million bid. And, you know, what's seeming to happen with, with more uh, pleasing regularity, we got the deal done quickly and I believe he's now officially a Liverpool player. So the fee in the region of 25 million pounds, I believe. And in this market, that's, although it's not some, not small change, it's, it's not bad business, I don't think. So, I'm going to start here with, with Johnny. So, uh, Johnny, what do you make of Wijnaldum? Have you seen much of him? Uh, what do you think of the signing? Yeah, I, I think it's a good signing. I, I think it's a clever signing. What he will bring to the midfield is he'll bring a bit of, a bit of pace, a bit of power and goals, which is, which is what we've lacked. He's, he's technically very good and uh, I think Klopp and Saturday watched him for a while. He's versatile as well. And I know Klopp said he can play he can play in a two in midfield. He can play in the three behind a forward. He can play as part of the front three on either side. So it gives us that bit of versatility, I think. I think as well what was good, and we'd sometimes take it a bit for granted, but there were other teams in for him as well, including Tottenham. I think there was, I think there was big interest um, from Tottenham. Um, but he was very clear that he wanted to, to come to Liverpool and he wanted to play for play for Klopp. Um, I think he's one of these signings. I think when you get a signing, the first thing you look at is will he straight away force his way into that starting eleven, and will he upgrade that starting eleven? And I think he absolutely will. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good bit of business. Sure, I mean I hear you there, um, particularly on on the versatility. Yeah, it's been mentioned mentioned before uh, that he's uh, he, people are unsure about perhaps where he'll fit in, where he'll play. He's, uh, Regarded as as being able to play in a, a number of positions uh, in that midfield, he's certainly um, regarded as a box to box midfielder, but somebody who can who can also score goals. He arrives in the box late, so I mean, just just thinking about that, Umara. I mean, uh, not to put you on the spot, but where do you see him perhaps fitting in to the setup with Klopp? And um, are you, are you happy with the signing? Yeah, I'm happy. I was surprised. Uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we didn't really see it coming and I wasn't thinking of him at all. I think Rafa probably <laughs> did us a little favour there. But, um, you know, you can see that Klopp's looking to add goals and he's got plenty of those at Newcastle. I think 27 in the last two seasons, if um, my 
research was correct. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy. I, where he starts, I mean, it remains to be seen, really, because um, we've got quite a few players up, up front now. So it, it's going to – it depends on kind of the formation, I guess, where he plays. But, you know, he's he's versatile as well, like um, John just mentioned earlier. And he can play behind the strikers. He can play on the left and the right. And he can play in midfield as well. And that's really helpful for Klopp if he needs to switch tactics or switch formations or however it is. So – Obviously, we can see that Klopp's looking at that kind of player that he can he can move around if the if the occasion calls for it. Yeah, he, lo- he looks at a, a really Klopp kind of player. I mean, he can, he can get out of tight situations under pressure. He can kind of dribble the ball out, and um, he's quick. He's pacey. Obviously, we've, we've we've seen that at Newcastle, and it's exactly the kind of player that Klopp wants for that counter attack from sort of deep mid- mid- midfield that we've seen at Dortmund as well, and and that maybe we were lacking a bit last season. You know, you can take the ball from deep and take it forward and create chances for us. So I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Like I said, I didn't see it coming and it was a bit out of the blue. The fee, uh, you know what? I don't care about the fees anymore. It bothered me when we bought, bought Benteke for 32 million. I had issues with Mane for 30 million, but you know what? It's, it's not that much money anymore. I've come to sort of find in, in, uh, in football now, 25, 30 million. It doesn't buy those kinds of, uh, top players that it used to buy, you know, obviously the yeah. money's gone up now. You could you, it's 50, 60 million. I mean, ridiculous amounts of money for 70, the for the sort of 75 top mil- million. I heard today yeah. for Higuain. So yeah, it's yeah. It's cool. So for looking at those top, I mean, maybe four or five years ago you could have bought a top world class player for 30 between 30 and 40 million, but now it is these kinds of players. So I don't think I'm going to fuss about on the fee anymore. But you know, it looks it looks like a good signing. I'm really um, excited to see how he's going to do. And I think he's going to do really well. I think he's going to fit really well with our attacking players. And and like I said, play that kind of football that Klopp wants to play. So I think, yeah, good. Brilliant move, I think. Okay, excellent. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm inclined to agree. He's not really a player that I can considered um, massively before being linked with him. But uh, I know that we were, or before the reports came out, but I know we were linked with him a couple of seasons ago before he actually left PSV. And I know that there was widespread kind of uh, confusion uh, in Holland when um, Newcastle were the only club that really came in for him and, and he ended up at Newcastle. So, Carly... He brings, he brings pace, he brings, uh, into clever movement, he's got power, he scores goals from midfield. W- would you uh, identify that perhaps as something Liverpool were lacking last season or have been lacking for the last couple of seasons? Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's not really been any secret in the last few years that our midfielders haven't contributed massively to our goal tally each season. So if that's something that he can bring to us, then, you know, that, that's certainly a positive, um, I suppose at the minute. It's kind of hard to figure out what Klopp's starting 11 might be, um, especially whenever it comes to the midfield, because at the minute we have that many midfielders. I don't really think anybody knows what to do with them. But to be honest, I didn't really know that much about him whenever we signed him. So I actually messaged my brother. He's a season ticket holder at St. James's Park and just sort of asked him a few questions about, you know, what's his style and where did he think he was going to fit in with us? What he came back to me with, with was that he's good at getting forward, but sometimes he can struggle to get back, but he will give you goals and he will provide assists. But he also did say that when he found out we were signing him, he thought it was a bit of a strange signing because he thought maybe that Coutinho or Firmino or someone was getting moved on to allow him to play because he said that he's quite similar to them. So, at the minute, I'm not sure whether he's going to walk into the starting eleven or whether he is going to be there simply for backup. But 
Um, it does seem to be a positive signing, and hope, hope as he begins to play with the other players, he'll he'll progress on, and it'll be a really good signing for us. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, um, we do we do have plenty of, of attacking midfielders. Um, you you're absolutely right there. But I mean, yeah, I, th- I think he's coming in, and he, he the one thing that neither Coutinho or, or Firmino have in in abundance is is pace. And by all accounts, um, when Alum's got that, he's got that burst, and apparently he's, he's got the burst of acceleration. Plus, he, he can sustain that uh, over, over long distance. Um, so, do you think that's that's something that we really have lacked, maybe Johnny, in the last couple of years? Real pace, and we've signed Mane now as well. And do you think that's something that Klopp's identified and said, look, it's all very well to have the ball, but we need to, or win the ball back, but we need to be able to then cut teams apart. With our pace, with our running, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a hundred percent. It was a, it was a big feature of uh, Dortmund's teams, and you were saying that, but you know, before we, before we started the pod about that was what one of the things that Klopp's teams were were really renowned for was turning over the ball and then just breaking and almost overwhelming defenses with the speed they would get at them. And absolutely, I, I think there's always this feeling sometimes with Liverpool that. We can be a bit ponderous at times. Lalana, Catino, Firmino, they're all technically very good footballers, but they like to show, they like to come and pick up the ball and turn. And I think you're right. Um, what the signings of Wijnaldum and Mane will give us is just that bit of raw speed and goal threat that we, we just haven't had. We, we haven't had that in a while. I think Mami in particular is a real, is a speed merchant and, and he's, he's gonna just naturally having a player with that pace, uh, will stretch defenses, it'll pull defenders around and it'll hopefully open up a bit of space for Coutinho and Firmino. And I mean, Klopp said himself, I mean, he's gone on record, hasn't he, in the last week and said, we, we're not clinical enough. You know, Carly said that we haven't got enough goals. Klopp's made that point. We just haven't been clinical. He's, he was reeling off different games that we've dominated at home. We've not been able to convert the superiority and the goals. And I think that's something he's looked at this summer with Mane, with Wijnaldum. And if they can chip in with, you know, double-figure goals, you know, if you get into 10, 11, 12 goals from those guys and you've got Sturridge firing, you've got Coutinho. Firmino had a pretty good season for goals. I think we'll be in pretty good shape for next year. I really do. Yeah, certainly. I mean, get, getting those numbers in from from midfield uh, are, is crucial, really. And like you rightly mentioned, it was a it was a feature of of Klopp's Dortmund. Uh, Umar Johnny mentioned there, you know, the likes of Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, Sturridge. With Wijnaldum coming in and the fee, although although not massive as we mentioned before, still still sizable enough and still. Uh, the way we went after Wijnaldum, it showed serious intent. We we didn't want to let him slip. We didn't want to miss out on him. Uh, who do you fear for from from last year's lineup or from from uh, the current the, the squad before Wijnaldum joined? Who do you think he might be coming in to to replace? Who who would be worried or who would you be worried for? I'm still a bit worried. Not that Klopp would want him to go, but I'm still a bit worried that Katina might leave. The transfer summer transfer window is very long and drawn out, so there's always the the chance. But um, yeah, we know how talented he is, and we we know, we've heard sort of murmurings of maybe Barcelona or someone interested. So I hope not. But I, like I said, I can't uh, you know put my hand on my heart and say oh I, I, it's not going to happen because there's always that risk. And 
you know, he's he's like I said, he's talented, and and you you've always got clubs sniffing around for him. Um, players, I mean, you you didn't mention Lalana in that one, but Lalana might be someone who you know is, is easily put on the bench now. Although I do think Klopp likes him, so we've got quite a few players up there now. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how he lines up. You know, on the first day of the season, who he who he chooses to put out there, because I think he's got a lot of options now, um, and who he who he decides to to sort of maybe start and then maybe bring off the bench. That will you know only time will tell, and it's going to make for some interesting um, start few um, sort of beginning games of the seasons to see how it all works out. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are um, there's uh, those perennial kind of fears over over our best players over over Coutinho. I mean. Uh, uh, I can understand them uh, definitely. We've seen it happen the last couple of years, but um, I am I am hopeful and, and quietly confident that the Phil stay at least at least another year. But yeah. I didn't mention Sturridge, but there's a sneaky horrible feeling that some that something might happen there as well. I hope not. But you know when you just hear kind of rumours and they can't they play in the back of your mind, and you wonder is there anything in that? I mean I know that um, last season on the back end of the season there was all this talk when he was starting some games and not starting others, and we had the Europa League um, run, and then we had this all you know obviously the Premier League games as well where some he was starting and then some he wasn't. So there was always the sort of um, question that is there an issue with Klopp or was it just the fact that he was resting him or how it worked and whether Sturridge would be happy uh, not playing every single game and and again add to that the fact that he's got a poor injury record was just Klopp just trying to protect him so there were all these questions so that that's another one that that worries me a little bit but I'm hoping that both of them will We'll, we'll see out the transfer window with no issues there. Okay. Amara, I think you're right there I think uh, you, you know talking about Sturridge I think that's something that we're, we're sort of taking for granted. He's Klopp's got him very fit, and mm. he seems to have overcome his injuries. But you're right. I think is there an argument next season that you know Origi looked very good? Um, I forgot about him. Par- yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that yeah no. There's a part of me that would love to see the two of them go together. And I think the last time we had two up front was with Sturridge was was him and Suarez and. Personally, I think Sturridge is a better player when he's got someone up there with him. I don't think he's, although having said that, Luis Suarez could probably make Emil Heskey look like a Ballon d'Or contender at times. <laughs> Suarez is that yeah. is that good? But I think you're right. It's it's particularly with the number of games next season that's going to be very tricky for Klopp if he's settled on one striker, which does seem to be his preferred system. Part he's not going to have yeah, he's not going to have Europa League games to <laughs> to throw yeah. him in rotate. Yeah, part of me likes to think it's just Klopp's excellent man management. And we know he's a bit of a sports scientist as well, that he's just managing Sturridge really well. And that's the only way Sturridge is going to be able to to stay fit. So, you know, he has to look at all of that as well. And Sturridge needs to understand that. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, obviously we just sit here and speculate. But that could be uh, well be part of it. But Sturridge, it depends on whether Sturridge is, is bought into that. Because obviously he wants to start every game, even though he might be fit and he feels that he can start every game. But then Klopp might think, well, hang on, you you have, do have a poor injury record and it might not be the best thing for you to start every game, even though you might be fit. So it's a difficult balancing act. But I think Klopp did it really well. This is the longest time period we've had him fit for now since, what, two years probably? So I think he's doing a really good job. I just hope Sturridge buys into it as well and understands that he is a bit fragile and maybe he needs looking after. I just want to make a point while you're talking about Sturridge. Um, 
and maybe possible transfers really actually point about storage and continue. With the point of continue, I really don't think he's going to go anywhere this summer because he is really probably going to be looking for a move to the likes of Barcelona. And I think he's still too inconsistent with his performances. I think it's fair to say he's probably by far and away our best player, but there have been a few games where he has been anonymous in them. And I don't think at this moment in time, a move to Barcelona would be right for him. So I think this next season is going to be really important for him to start making more consistent performances for us and maybe catch their eye. Um, and as with regards to Sturridge, Really, if he's going to move anywhere or leave leave us, he's going to. I think he's going to have to go abroad because he's been to what five, six English clubs now. And really, when you're leaving us and you've already been to that many clubs, you're going to take a massive step down, and you're also going to take a massive step down in wages. So I really don't think Sturridge is going to want to leave us unless he's absolutely pushed out the door. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree with that myself. I mean, I don't think there's anywhere, for, like you said, Carly, I don't think there's anywhere for him to go in, in England. Um, he's been at Chelsea, he's been at City, he's been been with us and maybe in Arsenal or something, but but uh, I just, I just can't really see us particularly selling to a rival either. So hopefully we're, we're safe enough on that one, particularly when he had such a bad injury record last season. Anyone buying him? Would be taking a massive punt, so you're you're probably not going to get the the money you would want for him. So uh, while perhaps long term they they may move on, I agree with you, Carly. I'm very hopeful and confident that they'll they'll stay on this summer. Okay, so I suppose we'll we'll move it along there from from Wijnaldum, or we'll maybe uh, we'll maybe wind it up on the on the transfers uh, and kind of kind of ask uh, put it out there at this point. In the transfer window, with with all the deals that are, are done, with the ins and the outs, I mean, how happy are you? How happy are you, Johnny? I'm reasonably happy. Wouldn't say ten out of ten happy. I'm probably more of an eight <laughs> at the moment. I think, like most Liverpool fans, I worry about fullback if we get injuries. There's there's not a lot there. I think with Brad Smith going, I think it's pretty certain that we'll buy a left back. I would like to think that's going to be a left back who will actually challenge Moreno for his place because I think he needs that competition. And I think we do need a full back that can go in there for certain types of games and defend properly, which is a concern with Moreno. Same on the other side. I know a lot of people would probably look at Flanagan and go, he's natural replacement for Klein. I think he's a big step down from Klein personally in terms of ability. Those those would concern me. I think we said before the pod when we were talking before we were recording, Neil, you know, that uh, a midfielder that can control from deep, put the foot on the ball, like the who that um who we've been linked with would be would be the icing on the cake cake or somebody like Neves, maybe from uh Ruben Neves from, from Porto. But overall, I think you know, if the signings work out and I think we've we've gotta be what we've gotta look at here is do you trust the manager or not? And I think the, the the massive Achilles heel that Brendan Rodgers had was his judgment to players wasn't good. And I think ultimately that's what done for him. I think unlike unlike Rodgers, Klopp has a really proven record of identifying talent and improving players. And I think any Liverpool fans that are that are questioning some of the signings, they need to reflect on that. There's a reason Klopp was bought in. The new goalkeeper. Matip at centre-back, Clavin at centre-back. If those guys are a success, that's going to make a massive difference to our team. If we suddenly have a, a goalkeeper and centre-halves that we can actually rely on, that can defend properly, God, that'll, that'll make... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the attacking players we have, and 
you know, it's not always about big money and names. I mean, there, there wasn't many people I knew that were raving about Arbeloa. When he came to Liverpool, there wasn't many people that were excited about Sammy Hoopia and Stefan Henshaws. But if you can get a player in that can defend properly and knows his job and, and Klopp, as I say, good judge of players, can improve players. You know, if those guys come in and hit the ground running, that will give us a really solid platform. And that's all we need. We just need that solid platform because Emery Chan, Wijnaldum, Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, Sturridge, Origi, you know, there's bags of absolutely bags of talent in that team to have a really good season. So on the whole, I'm satisfied. I'd like a couple more in and I'd like to, to get the big the big money in for the likes of Benteke and, and, and the likes of Lucas. Not big money for Lucas, but we, I think we need to move on a few as well. But I'm but I'm happy, Neil. And I think I, I think we're in for a really good season. I'm feeling really positive. Yeah, good stuff. So so Carly Johnny reckons still a, a couple to move on and maybe maybe one or two more to come in. Uh, how do you see it? Is um, how do you see the business so far? And do you see uh, or would you like what positions would you like to see filled, if any? Um, to be honest, I pretty much agree with everything Johnny said. Um, I'm pretty happy with the business that's been done up to now. Um, but I'm more interested in sort of waiting to see who decides to ship out before we spend it. Well, we sp- say I spent, we spend any more money. I think to date we're in the black currently in the market for, uh, from our sales. So there's still a few for me who need to go. Um, I think maybe it's time for Lucas to go. And also, you know, there's a possibility that we're going to have Milner, Henderson, Lalana either on the bench or maybe one of them might start. So whether they're going to want to stay or whether maybe Klopp would prefer one of them to leave. Um, because don't forget, he's also brought in Grage. So um, I'm kind of looking to see who's going to let go before he, he brings anybody in. If Benteke and Balotelli both go, I wouldn't mind us possibly looking at another striker, really only because of the fact that unfortunately storage is unreliable. I do hope that maybe this season will be the season that he can, you know, play a decent amount of games for us because he's not going to be exerted in Europe. We really only have the league and the domestic cups, but possibly maybe another striker. And I say, if I can get rid of those two, maybe another striker. Um, and then obviously the fullbacks that does need to be addressed because we can't really rely on Gomez to cover both of them. If it looks like Flano is going to be going, which it seems to be a loan or a permanent move to Burnley is being talked about at the minute. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I heard that earlier today. It seems on the cards that he's he's going to go uh, on loan to to Burnley. So fullbacks are a, are a position that um, are up for debate. And I know Johnny, you mentioned uh, earlier before we we came on the call that James Miller may may even find himself the auxiliary right back rather than than going out and and signing somebody new. So. We, we've brought in Grujic, we've got uh, Matty, we've got Karius, so we've strengthened the spine, brought in pace uh, in, in midfield, uh, we've brought in cover at centre-back, uh, massively experienced cover at centre-back too, which, which is pretty good going uh, for, for very little outlay. So are you satisfied with the window so far, Mara, or where would you highlight perhaps um feelings or, or things that still could be done? Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Um again again just to to echo what um John said really, fall back I think does need cover. There was all this Hector talk and I even heard at one point it was a done deal, but then nothing ever came of that. And then there was all the Ben Chilwell rumours, and which I couldn't really understand why we wanted to sign a, a kid at left back when we needed sort of first team cover there. Yeah. 
although I mean uh, Moreno is first team, but as John again pointed out earlier, his, his defensive qualities are a bit questionable at times. He's really good going forward, but then you know he does leave holes at the back, which doesn't really um, help the team there. So it, I think definitely we need someone left back, right back, both of them. Yeah, going out. Uh, it's already been mentioned, Lucas, apparently there's some Galatasaray talks this evening. I read that he might be going there. So Turkey's taking a couple of players off our hands at the moment. Thank goodness um, for Turkey. <laughs> the, <laughs> the golden destination for our um, slightly, slightly older and less wanted yeah. players. And then Benteke, you know, there's all this talk of him leaving, but nothing's quite happened um, although there's been rumours of um, sort of offers from other Premier League clubs, nothing's materialised at the moment. And then your obvious one, Balotelli as well, who <sighs> nobody really wants. I feel a bit sorry for him, really. Poor lad, training with the reserves. And he seems to be getting on with it, which fair play to him. I love that. He put some, a post out on Instagram. I think it was yesterday or today. I can't remember. But um, yeah, he's seeming to look into be enjoying playing with the reserves, which is quite nice. He hasn't thrown his stroppers yet. But yeah, it's, uh, they're the obvious ones that need to go. But um, yeah, one or two might be still coming in, I think. But again, you know, we've we've said it before a lot of times now. I'd fully trust Klopp to, to sort everything out, uh, especially the fullback area. He's, he's done everything else and he's, he's picked players we didn't really expect. But he's, you know, the, when you look into it, you can see that he's got a plan and those players kind of fit the profile that we want. And there's an idea behind it. There's a plan behind it. It's not just buy whoever willy nilly for however much money this. And, you know, he's surprising us with some like the clavan that he uh, signed last week. You know, that just came out of nowhere. But when you look a bit more into it, he looks like a really solid centre back. So, yeah, it's all looking good. I, um, I, feel, I think a couple more will come in maybe one or two but um yeah it looks like a really good window for us at the moment yeah and uh, do, do you know what for for all the talk of the signings and i think the signings are smart and he's recruited in the right areas but let's not lose sight here the biggest factor we've got in our favor preparing for a season is that we've got Klopp. we had Klopp come in in october last season by all accounts he was very unimpressed with the fitness levels I think after four or five months, no manager in Europe had had as many games as he'd had in the spell uh, that the club had. So he had no time to work with the team on the shape of the team, on preparation for games. It was basically throw them in at the deep end and uh, sort of run with it and learn about the players. We're going to see a very different animal uh, from Liverpool next season. Klopp will be working on the shape. We've taken Andreas Kornmeyer from Bayern Munich, who's... Uh, an outstanding fitness coach. He comes with that world-class reputation. There's no doubt in my mind that this will be the fittest Liverpool team that will ever start a season in the league for us. We'll be in great nick. Everything about the the, the nutrition, the, the girl that he's brought in there as well, I think we'll be in brilliant nick. We'll be well prepared and we can focus on, on every single game. And I think that's going to be the big factor. And that's why I'm so confident that we'll have a really strong season and I think minimum we we will be in the top four next season. I think that the not having the the European distraction is going to be a, a massive massive thing for us. And I think that's what we need to remember about Klopp. I think that's that's that'll be the the key thing, more so than any of the signings. I think that'll make the biggest impact next season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's an excellent point. Um, having him there, having him set, having him got the message through to the players and and pick the players that he wants and and so on. I think it's going to make a, a huge 
could make a huge impact. And you're right to mention the fitness coach, the nutritionist, and, and all that stuff. Because not only does he want to hit the ground running, but if you look at the fixtures, I think we play Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs in our first four games or something, or first five games. So if we can get off to a flyer and, and win all those, if, say we, we, we won all those games in our, in our first five, and the confidence would really be up. Uh, Arsenal notoriously kind of slow starters. Tottenham, well, much the same as, as ever. Really a good season last year, but not as good as it could have been when you when you actually looked at it. And of course, Chelsea having to having to adapt to a new manager and him only coming in after the Euros and stuff. So definitely uh, in good shape to kick on well. So we're going to move it along a little bit here, um, and we're going to bring up well, it's it's another it's another kind of outgoing here. Joe Allen, and he is confirmed as, uh, has been confirmed as a Stoke City player. I think the move was £13 million. Yeah, he was a player that some divided Liverpool fans for a time, seemed towards the end of his Liverpool career. Everyone had sort of been, um, won around to his gifts and, and what he offered, but yet, in a funny sort of way, that that was just the time when uh, he was to be moved on, and we've, we've moved him on now to Stoke. And what do you think? Umara, good move for Joe, good move for Liverpool. I think it's really sad that he's gone, but I think in the end it was the right move because I don't think Klopp planned to start him. And, you know, for him, for a player like him, I mean, he's he's not an amazing player. Let's not get carried away by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I think, you know, for, he could he could be a regular starter at another team. And I think that's fair to, to give him that opportunity. And I think he knew that as well. So the deal kind of happened pre- uh, pretty quickly. And I was quite surprised at the speed of that as well. It was just a, a rumour here or there. And then suddenly he's a Stoke player. And I know there'd been kind of murmurings before, but it did it did sort of um, materialise quite quickly. Um, you know, I just kind of remember him as a bit of a game changer for us. Obviously, he, was, he used to start on the bench and then come off. I remember him coming at, off uh, the bench at versus Man United in the Europa League and really doing a job on that game and you know I think it, like I said it was probably for the best it wasn't really fair for him to be sitting on the bench he's not that bad of a player that he needs to be sitting on the bench and kind of achieved a cult status didn't he in um, the last kind of maybe four or five months with his man bun <laughs> and, uh, you know sad to see him go but um, when Brendan brought him in uh, from Swansea when he did he kind of had we had all have had high hopes for him but it never worked out really and you know like I said when when the new manager comes in then he kind of has his own own philosophy and he wants to bring in his own players and I don't think he saw Alan being as part of that so it's only fair to give him the opportunity to move on and I think he's going to do really well at Stoke so yeah I'm, I'm pleased for him but you know it's sad, sad to see him go we, he gave us some good memories in that last few months so um yeah it's, it's a bit sad yeah I mean there was he certainly contributed I mean I was always a quite a fan of Joe I championed his cause quite often but he, he did have bad luck with injuries and um I think, yeah yeah i think in the end uh, his that kind of lack of physical strength or stamina in the end um kind of put the curtains on or put the kibosh on his on his liverpool career are you happy enough carly that he's gone you reckon it's a, it's a good enough move for for both parties just time to kind of move on yeah i think even the timing was perfect at least now sort of way things ended the, la- the, the end of last season sorry um you know, the fans had started to come around to him, so at least he'll go with the, the fans backing. And I'm sure that whoever comes back to Anfield again with Stoke or when we go to Stoke, he'll get a great reception from the fans. So, you know, I think he really does go on with all our best wishes and hope he does well at Stoke. 
Yeah, I mean, he is a player that, I mean, it often gets sort of banded about, you know, good luck for the future and stuff. And, you know, sometimes you mean it. And I think in this case, I think we all, we all kind of do, or we all sincerely do. And that, um, yeah, it just, it just unfortunately didn't, didn't quite work out for him at Liverpool. Um, and Johnny, I know you, you like Lee Joe, so you've got a, a couple of words for him. <laughs> I don't want to do a Darren Farley impression. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I did like Alan. I think we, we had a talk on another podcast about him before, and I, I wanted him to stay. Um, but I think the timing's right. Carly mentioned Grudzik's coming in. I think Klopp's type of football. He likes big, strong, powerful, quick players. Um, and Um said it there as well. He's, he's too good not to be playing. You know, Joe Allen's a very good footballer, as he showed in the Euros. He's too good a player to be just sitting on a, on a bench somewhere. So, yeah, I wish him all the best. And I think he'd, he'd do really well there as well. He's definitely better than uh, Glenn Whelan anyway. So <laughs> I, think he'd, <laughs> I think he'd be a big upgrade. And, um, yeah, every I think every Liverpool fan will wish, will, will wish him the best. It just wasn't to be for him. Um, but good move for both parties. One year left in his contract as well. We got $13 million for him. Don't think that would have happened, to be honest, only for the Euros. So yeah, pretty much got everything back, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we did. He was 15 million, so we've got yeah. 13 million back for a sub in the Three last good. year's contract. Good business, absolutely. They've done good excellent business. business this this window with the players they've sold as well. Really, really good business. Yeah, I can't well, yeah. I can't get over a six million for Brad Smith. I mean, mm. he he never played a game for us, really, did he? I mean, I mean, I know he's young and he's got potential, but um, well, I think that's great going to get to get yeah. Uh, do you know what, Neil? I've seen that about, if you, if you look at Smith and um, Jerome Sinclair and Abe, um, and I don't know, I, I'd seen it on Twitter, and it was someone fairly fairly accurate, and they'd said, first team starts, it wasn't much more than 20 first team starts between those guys, one goal in the league, and basically if you add up the transfer fees for them, it almost pays, it, it, it pretty much plays for Wijnaldum. So... <laughs> We would, it's certainly a turnaround from Liverpool because we always talked about getting, it always seemed to be Liverpool got really ripped off in the market, but yeah, we seem to be getting our act together and I like what we're doing as well with the guys going out on loan where we're insisting on this 75% of games yeah. clause. And I think that, that'll be a help. I think Ryan Kent's gone today. And again, I think that, you know, that's a good, Championship level is a good level for those guys to go to. And if they're playing a lot of games, that's good. So it's good to see we're getting smarter what we're doing. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think we're being helped by the uh, the fact that we have now kind of smaller clubs with a bit more money who are looking to pick off perhaps um, squad players from, from the bigger clubs. Um, Perks of having a world-class manager as well, I think. That's it, yeah. That's it. True. That's it. And on the loan, just a, just a brief... Mention of, uh, we talked about it briefly before the, the pod, of Alan Rodriguez de Souza, who's uh, off to Hertha Berlin by all accounts. I don't think a deal's quite been finalised, but he's been training with the, the German club today. And uh, that's my local team, actually. So I hope it is confirmed, because then I can actually go and watch him in the flesh, especially with the 75% kind of guarantee. So uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, think it's a, do you think it's a good move for him going to the Bundesliga, getting getting a, a bit of game time in a, in a top league? Carly? Yeah, um, I mean, at the minute, it doesn't seem to be any way of getting a work permit for him. So anywhere he can go, that he can get a bit more experience will obviously help him. But I kind of feel a bit sorry for the guy, you know, being promised coming to Liverpool and he's yet to play a game for us. So um, hopefully something get, can get sorted and he can go back and get training where he should be. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it seems bizarre when we don't know the rules that, that sort of govern it, the, the ins and outs, but it seems bizarre when you've got 
somebody who's um, you know got a contract is there, everything's signed, sealed, and for him not to be able to get a work permit. So what do you reckon, though, Johnny? Um, for all the moves we could have done, the Bundesliga is not a bad, not a bad job, is it? Not at all. I mean, I know Neil, you live over there, but I'm a big Bundesliga fan. I think there's a lot of really good players, and it's a really good league to learn. Um, I think there's somebody was a card. I made the point before we came on about this work permit thing. It's a bloody farce anyway when you think about it, because he's going to be over. He's going to be getting paid a wage by Liverpool. It's not as if he's going to be. Um, it's not as if he's going to be going on the dole or anything um, and annoying all the uh, the, the Brexiteers. Um, but no, I think um, he's uh, he, he's a big talent. Klopp's spoken about it, and I think that's a good league for him. That's a good chance for him to to show what he can do, get a few games under his belt, and then hopefully in a season or two come back and he can properly compete for a for a place in the midfield, which if he's got the, the talent that everyone says he has, he should be able to do. Yeah, well, I mean, I know Klopp has um, has waxed lyrical about him, is very excited about him, and he will get a game at Hertha. I mean, uh, they they did really well last season, but they're they're not event, they're not packed with um, with talent, massively talented individuals. So I think he he's certainly get a get some uh, a lot of minutes for them, and it can only help him in a in a league of that standard. So so yeah, good luck to him, and hopefully I'll I'll see him be able to to give you some reports on on how he's doing over the course of the season. So from someone who's gone out on loan to somebody who's come back home, this is obviously the the news about Mamadou Sacco, which which broke earlier this this morning. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday evening, so it broke early uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, in in the UK, and um, yeah, it's a, a story that concerns Mamadou Sacco coming back home from Liverpool's training camp. Details are unclear. Early reports about possible attitude problems. Later reports about it being more injury related and and certainly nothing serious. So, what's your take on this one, Imara? How do you see this? <laughs> There's so many questions. There are so many questions that have come out from this. I mean, because the, cl- the club haven't made any kind of official statement and not cleared up whether it's injury or whether there's rumours of a bad attitude. That's even I've read some reports saying that the players might have said something or if it's the management. It's really, really unclear. But you know what it's like with our fan base. You've got Sacco fans and you've got people who aren't huge Sacco fans. And then when something like this breaks, it's just uh, open season. They'll use anything and everything in, in their favour, depending on, on how it suits kind of their agenda. But um, a lot's been read into it, isn't it? I mean, this video that he did for LFC TV where he's videoing Klopp being interviewed and then Klopp laughingly says that he, Mamadou um, Sacco, should be able to stay at Alcatraz because he was late for a, for the flight there and things like that. And that's, you know, that's being now brought up into question saying, oh, well, why did he say that? Is that a reason why he was sent home? Um, you know, te- the Telegraph report saying that, Liverpool FC took a had, took a disciplinary action against Saka for being late for that flight. Um, suggestions that he's a distraction and nothing more. It might be just that he's playing some practical jokes or just putting the players off their training because we, we've seen the training camps that they're doing over at, um, out in the USA and they apparently Klopp's having them up earlier, he's having them train harder. You can tell he's really serious about this now. This is his first preseason with the squad and he's really sort of knuckling down on them and he he needs everyone's 100% focus. So it might be just that he he doesn't want the distraction and he, he's um, sent Saka home just to keep everyone else 
focused on what they should be doing. That's another aspect of it. You know, then part of me thinks, well, why didn't they just speak to him? Why did they have to send him home? Because you've got people like Lucas and Gomez who are also injured, as Sacco is as well, that are still there because Klopp wanted to sort of build up that team morale. So to send just Saka home raises more questions than there already are. And, you know, just again, there's so much speculation on social media and about Klopp, Klopp and his sort of hard, ruthless side and him not taking any rubbish and and even then bringing into question Sacco's whole future now because of all the speculation and all the rumours about why he, he's um, been sent home in the first place. There's just so much, so many, like I said, so many questions mm. that it's hard to draw a conclusion. Um, if it's, if it's, like I said, if it's just the injury and he needs to be uh, treated at home, then I think just a simple club statement would have just put the whole thing to rest. They haven't said that. Maybe they'll do that tomorrow. I mean, this news that we're talking about only broke this morning. And, you know, we know and that already, in America, yeah, they're, they're an eight hour delay. Heaven and earth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is an eight hour delay, but still, I mean, we're, we're recording this in the evening and nothing seems to have come out from Liverpool Football Club at the moment. But, um, it's, it's interesting to say the least. There are, like I said, tons and tons of questions. As you guys go on, I'm sure, you know, you'll raise them all as well. Maybe we can um, have a bit of a back and forth then. But, uh, and, and this, all this thing with James Pierce, I mean, I know that he's not very popular and I know that people don't like him and don't really believe anything he says. And they, uh, even people say that he has an agenda with Sacco and he's never liked Sacco. And even when he was with Brendan, um, when Brendan Rogers was at the club that Pierce had an issue with Sacco then. I just don't understand why somebody with such close affiliations to the club would then just speculate and, you know, bring about this conjecture, you know, for no reason. There has to maybe, why would he just say that for no reason and without there being any basis to it? it it's a bit odd to me. I mean, I'm sure, Neil, you, you look disagree, but I just, I'm just talk- trying to look at it from every angle. That's all. Absolutely. But I'll give you one reason. It's the most talked about piece of news on the internet today, probably certainly amongst LFC fans. So the number of clicks his article would have got his little video, which, which by the way seemed to be pure conjecture. Um, I watched it earlier and it does, but, but you're, you're absolutely right in that it, it opens a whole can of worms and, um, and it, it, it just causes so many questions. And yeah, because of the Sacco Lovren issue, again, this goes back to Brendan Rogers and his divisive managing style and how he sort of dragged the club down and into this kind of petty kind of, one player against the other, one fan against the other sort of mentality. And unfortunately, it, it's, it's kind of stuck with us on certain players that you do, you do have two camps on, on Sacco and, and there are ones who, who won't see any wrong and there are ones who won't see any right. My, my own personal take on it is, is a little bit, uh, I, I don't see the club would have sent the player home unless there had been something either really serious or it is it is more injury related and as the day's gone on and and club members and, and players and staff have actually woken up it seems to have gone more in that direction than that it is more injury related however it's still unclear i mean johnny what what do you make of the whole saga yeah well i'm hoping it's more of a, a storm in a, in a teacup i'm a big fan of psycho but you're completely right nearly does polarize opinions uh, like no other defender that we have, <laughs> you're either pro Sacco, you think he's really good, or you think he's a complete liability. I think the truth somewhere lies, you know, in, in this one. I think it's the truth probably somewhere in between. He, he is injured, but Ooms has said it there as well. You know, there's other players injured that are still out there. I, I genuinely, my view on it is he's out there. 
He's he's got an injury. He probably hasn't been. I know Klopp had a bit of a joke with a jag when he when he said to him about him being late and stuff. And I think he's probably out there, maybe messing around. Or you know what you know what he's like. He loves he loves his videos and he he loves his Instagram and and, and things like that. And I think maybe Klopp's just sat down with him and said, look, for your preparation to get yourself completely right, you'd be better off back at home. Truth will probably you know the truth always comes out further down the line, but I tend to agree that it seems strange that he would single him out for the treatment and send him back when there's other players out there. So I think there is something in it, but I don't think it's anything major. I don't think it's a major rift or anything, and uh, I'd be very surprised if he's not a big part of the, the first team this season. But it's just this modern world we live in now where, as you say, for those players even woke up, it was all over the all over the news here. Um, and unfortunately, that's just the way things are now. But hopefully it gets sorted out. And, you know, Sacco is a big character and he's a leader. And I think we're going to need players like that this season. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, there's been a lot of talk and there had been a lot of talk um, in Liverpool circles before before this news broke that Sacco was being groomed to be captain, that perhaps that was behind his, his shirt change, uh, his number change and and. You know, perhaps that uh, we were going. There's been a lot of speculation about whether we will change captains and who the next captain will be, and he's he's certainly a strong candidate. So I, I just wonder. I mean, there has been a suggestion that perhaps the injury would have been better served at home, and that he he possibly is in with a chance of making the opening game against Arsenal or making the certainly the the, the early the early uh, matches in the season uh, with his injury, and that um, and that the other. Uh, players who are, who are injured in um, in America, out in America now. Joe Gomez is still a long way off fitness, and uh, Lucas probably isn't in first team plans, as we've we've all mentioned before. He's a candidate to to be moving on. So I wonder, Carly, if you think that maybe plays any any part in it. The fact that maybe they're trying to get him definitely ready for the start of the season, or uh, or what else you might make of this whole saga. Um, I to be honest, I was really shocked this morning whenever the news first broke. It was actually Omara had messaged me about it. Um, so I opened it up with my one eye at like 7 o'clock this morning, went on to Twitter and sort of seen the aftermath, read a few sort of tweets and couldn't really make head or tail of it. I think maybe things have been expl- have been magnified with the way, um, as Johnny said, social media and thing- things are now. You know, the slightest thing can be escalated and from one person saying, well, maybe he's done this, someone else takes it as gospel and... It's a case of Chinese whispers. I mean, I think when we did this pod two weeks ago, every single person on here was saying, you know, if, if the captain's armband was going to be taken off Henderson, who we would give it to? And I think every single one of us said Sacco. We know, obviously, he maybe has an issue with his attitude or whatever because of the United game. I think it was United he played. He wasn't picked in his first season with us under Roger. And he, Roger's knee stormed out of Anfield. It might have been. I think it was a big game. Um, can't remember which. So... There were signs it was, of it then, it was the Merseyside derby. Yeah. Was it? So say there were signs of it then, but I mean, the past year or two, he really has seemed to settle down. I mean, his charity work as well noted. Um, and even you, know, you guys have said about him liking his social media, his social media has actually been quite quiet, which I was surprised about because normally um, he Snapchats everything from going to the fucking toilet to what he makes for his breakfast in the morning and there's been nothing. So it really did come <laughs> out of the blue. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether there is any concrete truth to it or, or to what extent his attitude problem is. I don't think James Pierce is going to write an article or 
do a video on the website for the Liverpool Echo stating that it was an attitude problem if that word or those kind of issues weren't mentioned. He's not going to come on and blatantly lie, but I think it's just really now to determine what kind of extent the pro- there, what, there was a problem. Um, and I suppose maybe in the next few days we'll find out a bit more, but uh, good luck to the person who broaches this topic in Klopp's press conference yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Someone's going to get pelters because somebody's definitely going to ask and, and uh, Jürgen's going to... Well, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. Uh, he might just be quite uh, deadpan and just sort of go, nope, uh, has to go back for training, uh, better for the injury or whatever, but he may he may well um, he may well have a go. Uh, sorry, can I just add something here? Mm-hmm. Just the, You know, like you and John said, you think it's something minor, but fair enough, but then why send someone home for that. It just seems quite a big step to take if it's a minor issue. I mean, if he was, you know, joking around or is the injury, I'm surely they could have kept him busy doing a bit of rehab somewhere else. To send him home, just like like we said before, it just creates so much speculation and so many questions then arise from it. It just creates an issue for the club as well, I think. I, I, I just thought, I think if it is a small issue, to send him home just to magnify the situation itself. They, I mean, it's kind of their own doing then because then you're sending a message out, but, but you're not really telling us what it is because they haven't said, said anything. So yeah, I, I do think there's something there personally. I think, you know, whether it's, you know, maybe it is just a, a fact that, that he's um, maybe just getting in the way of Klopp's, you know, really sort of concentrated training sessions because uh, as we said he doesn't mess up he's not going to mess about he, we know that he's quite ruthless in his training and uh, there were talks of triple training sessions and all this all this kind of talk before but to send him home then it's just going to open up a whole sort of pandora's box really yeah i mean i i hear you definitely i mean that's that's the whole thing i mean that's part of you maybe thinks then like you said that it's something quite serious but that's why part of me thinks that it, it's it's more likely knowing Sacco, as we do, haven't had him at the club for, for three years, haven't seen what his attitude's like. You, you're right, you mentioned his charity work. You're right, I mean, everything just points to him being 100% a great guy and also on the pitch, you know, 100% committed, focused and all the rest of it. So, I mean, that's why I, I, I'm leaning towards the, the idea that it, that it is more injury related and perhaps there is a little element of him being slightly distracted because he is injured, but that's why I'm, uh, it makes me ponder and say, why send him home if it isn't something big? Unless you're sending him home for a reason to get right, to get fit. Maybe the atmosphere in America isn't actually helping him. Maybe he's not getting to do the training that's required of him to actually uh, get into rehab. Um, so that that's sort of... You know, the, the flip side to that argument, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll find out because if it is something major that actually calls his future into question, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll know soon enough. Klopp has his press conference tomorrow, as we mentioned there. So I suppose all will be revealed. But I guess if it is, uh, like you said, uh, the, if he's, if he's distracting the players with pranks or whatever it is, he probably have to question a little bit his professionalism if that is the case. I mean, okay, he's injured. But then he's, the rest of the team are, f- are trying to focus and, and train for the new seasons. And then, as Carly mentioned, the Merseyside derby thing with Brendan Rodgers, if he walked out, regardless of what it is that he was upset about, to, to do that wasn't right either. So there's all these little things now that people are putting two and two together and possibly getting five. We don't know. But you know what it's like. People are going to use these things in their favour. So he slight track record, you could say, or... 
you know, like I said, it's, you have to question his professionalism if he if he is going around distracting the rest of the squad from doing a job. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that. Um, and then at the same time, if you think what players were like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I mean, they're still young guys. Sacco's 24 years old, 25 years old. He's out in America with, with all his friends. They're all roughly the same age or a bit younger, you know. It's quite easy for, for a prank to maybe go a little bit too far or for for maybe not to quite take in the seriousness of the situation. Uh, what do you think on that one, John? Do you think that's, that's a sign of bad professionalism or, or unprofessionalism? Or do you think it's um, just one yeah. of those things, maybe? I think, do you know what? I think it's getting into dangerous territory to say, oh, he's played a prank. The bottom line here is we don't, we don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> what he's done that's well, this is true so yeah this is let's true. be honest <laughs> we don't that clear everything but that, that's the thing here. when they don't say anything then you just everyone has all these yeah. questions and you, 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 yeah. you do you do want kind of want an answer and i know the club's not um, obliged to give us any answers but then this is all going to happen and then well, we just we have to take them, it yeah. <laughs> we want them. but i do but i do think as well like this this in-house stuff frankly it is uh, Quite, if, if Klopp decrees that it's none of our fucking business and he wants to keep it in house, that's fine by me because that's really? that's the way a lot of top clubs are, are, are run. I absolutely see your point, Amara. I, I know what your I know your point is. If it's not a big deal, like why send him home? But I think on the other hand, Klopp's maybe Klopp's Klopp's he's ultra professional as you said, and I think if he feels the right thing for the player is look. This isn't really working out the best. You're not playing. It's not a great environment for you to get yourself into the best shape possible. The best thing for you is to go back and just get that sorted. It might not be a massive issue, but he might still feel that it's that that it's worth just having that conversation with the player. I know myself and Neil have been probably privy to some stuff. We've we've heard some stuff which is along the lines of for us. It it, it it's probably eighty ninety percent to do with his his injury and. I think Klopp just probably feels it's not the right environment. I wouldn't say Psycho's happy. He seems to be having a grand old time out, <laughs> out in Alcatraz and he seems to be enjoying it. But the, you know, we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. I, I would say if, if, if I had to guess what it is, I'd just think it's probably Klopp's just decided, look, the best thing for you to get fit in this environment with what we're doing is for you to go back and, and then just focus on that. Well, but I hope we that's know. all it is because I love Sacco. Exactly. And I, you I know absolutely what? love Sacco. And I've absolutely. loved him <laughs> forever. And, uh, you know, I was <laughs> gutted. When, yeah, I was gutted when the drug thing happened and, you know, elated when it then suddenly turned out that it was all fine and then he was injured. And then it's just one thing after another it with really him. Is, it's just, it's it? a shame because he's our best centre back. And that's what yeah. hurts the most. <laughs> it is. That's absolutely it. He is our best centre back. And, you know, I think. You know, Klopp, whatever it takes to get him fit and back at his best, Klopp will do that. I'm hoping that's all it is. I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping that's all it is. If in a couple of weeks or two something comes out and we're, we're, we're talking about the end of the transfer window and there's rumors about Sacco being moved out, I'll be really gutted about yeah. it. But I think it's, it's dangerous just to, to talk about attitude and things like that. And I know what you said, Neil, about it's a, a journalist will put that down because he will get the clicks on it. But I think we're supporters. We'll trust Clap. We still like Psycho. Hopefully, come the Emirates. On but Sunday is it just? 
he'll so be on the is, team. It, is it just all about clicks though? I mean, this guy has got affiliation with the club, um, and he, he would just jeopardize, jeopardize all that just for a couple of clicks. I don't think he would. I, I, yeah. I know the I know the criticism of Pierce. I know that, but I find it strange that if he stirred something up that's complete lies, yeah. why would you ostracize yourself from? Liverpool and Klopp, which is the one thing what he's got, he's got that link with Liverpool, albeit since Klopp's come in, his information doesn't seem near as reliable, let's be honest That's the thing, and that's the big the big difference now, is that under Rodgers, who was actually really very detrimental to the club in in a number of ways uh, he he was, he was, Rodgers is kind of lapdog in a way, he was, Rodgers was in his ear all the time, he was Rodgers' mouthpiece and he would he would brief whatever Brendan Rodgers wanted wanted him to say that that would go into the papers. Mm-hmm. And since Klopp came, and he would have the stories, he would have the, he would be leaking the 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 transfer targets. They would be he would be leaking stories about players doing such and such in training, leaking stories about the committee, all things like that. I mean that's where all of this committee versus Rodgers thing kind of came from. And since Klopp come in. None of the journalists have have anything. I mean, they've they've been talking Zielinski and Dahoud all summer. We have we haven't gone for them. Uh, they were nowhere on Wijnaldum. They were nowhere on Clavin. And you know, and the, the the standard of their information and the leagues really are going down. And it was interesting James Pierce's choice of words. They weren't uh, the club has said that it's an attitude problem or or anything like that. They were the club has declined to comment. But there are one or two whispers around the camp that it was to do with his, his attitude. Uh, That's a huge sort of accusation to make, really though, isn't is it? Though, but it, he, because he knows what that, that how that's going to uh, play out with the with the fans and how it's going to play out in the media. He knows that. But even if he doesn't say it, that that's actually the case. Even if he just suggests it, or as you said, you know, whispers of an attitude problem. That he knows that's going to be taken completely out of context, but and then I, he know he also knows the the fallout that he's going to get from it. He's going to get completely slated for it. So for him to put himself in that position, I don't know. It just, just doesn't really make sense. That, well, it beggars belief. It's bad journalism at best, really, isn't it? And I don't yeah. know what it is at worst. But I mean, he shouldn't really be even going down that route if he doesn't have some kind of information sort of to back him himself up but you know he hasn't like you said he hasn't really said anything concrete it's all just you know it may be it's possible and, and su- suggestions really yeah a source close to the camp that kind mm. of thing you know which, which generally means means nothing and um then you've got your your sort of plausible deniability as well so yeah turn around and say i didn't actually say that was the case i just said it might be the case but then you know like i said he he, he needs to understand or he should understand that that's all going to get blown out of proportion no one's really going to look at the words he uses they're just going to look at attitude problem and that's it and that james pierce said that absolutely and um you know it's in this day in this day and age where paper newspapers all copy each other's stories and and one website copies the next as soon as soon as it's out it, it absolutely mushrooms and like i said by like carly said earlier by by eight o'clock this morning it was aftermath you know yeah Okay, so um, any 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 further points to add on that, Carly? Anything you you want to add on on Sacco or anything else before we finish here? Um, no, not really. I just sort of again to echo what you guys said after me that hopefully it isn't anything too serious because I think he's a very important player for us, and hope maybe just this one time it is a case of social media kind of exp- making a a story explode when really it's sort of a non-story. So fingers crossed it'll just maybe 
die down in the next few days, and that'll be the last we hear of it. Yeah, let's hope. Storm in a teacup, and hope it blows over quickly. All right, then. So um, I think we're we're going to leave it there for for this episode of Copcast. So um, I want to thank you all very much for listening, and a huge thanks to my guests. So I'm just going to come round to you now in turn, and and if you can let the listener know what you're up to, if you're doing anything, if you're writing anything, planning anything. So um, Umara. Yeah, I haven't got anything plan just hopefully doing more pods for copcast and uh, yeah i'm gonna write a few more articles as well some couple of things in the pipeline so yeah should have them out in the next week or so okay excellent and your twitter handle is underscore u-m-a-r-a okay excellent so yeah definitely give umara a follow she's a great follow you get pictures of cupcakes and everything it's fast <laughs> <laughs> I said this morning, but with all this Sacco news, I've had I'd met, baked about thirty cupcakes, and still Sacco was in the news. So, you know, I don't know who was more efficient there, me or them. <laughs> well, give them a taste and sweeten them up. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what about you, Carly? Where can people find you on Twitter? And uh, are you are you up to anything else at the moment? Um, not up to anything else at the moment, but people can find me at Mrs Agar O five. Um, and also everybody can. Make sure that they're following the Cop Left account. There's a lot of great things coming um, in the future. The guys from the Cop Table podcast are also joining um, us, so that's something exciting to look forward to. Getting bigger and bigger and bolder all the time. Good news, great. And um, Johnny, then what have what have you got first? Where can people find you on Twitter? And are you writing anything or, or up to anything at the moment? I will be doing a, a sort of season preview article coming out in the next couple of weeks. A couple of wee things in the pipeline with that. My Twitter handle is at Tubanlad, which is T-O-O-B-A-N-L-A-D. So come on and give us a wee follow and I'll give you a wee follow back for any chat about um, football. But just looking forward to doing some podcasts throughout the season, Neil, because I'm quite excited about this season. I think it's going to be really good. I think there's going to be lots of good things for us to talk about. So looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Fingers crossed it is. I think we're all... Um Judging from the responses tonight and what we've talked about, I think we're all quite quite positive about it. Um, so fingers crossed, we're um, we're still feeling the same way as as we go through the season. Yeah, and you you can find me. My name's Neil Patterson. Uh, it's at Neil nineteen eighty on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, you can find me here on Copcast, either um, hosting or guesting. I'll also write for the for the cop left site uh, the odd time, and you can find me on Anfield Index at the Writers Pod, and and sometimes they are on the written side as well. So yeah, just to wrap this up, then thank you all very much for listening. Thank you very much to my guests. You've all been great, and um, we'll catch you next week.